This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here in studio with Graham Williams and Christina Stoyanova. We have an awesome program for you today. Of course, we'll be talking about what's streaming on Netflix, uh, Amazon, and Crave TV a little bit later in the program. We'll also uh, do our Hot 5. What is our Hot 5 this week, Christina? Uh, Hot 5 ways to get you out of bed. Love it. And, uh, of course, we've got our uh, regular series of tips and tricks for iPhones, Facebook, and also apps of the week for gaming, fitness, and travel. Before we get to that, uh, let's talk about some of the app news. Tinder Loops, the dating app's new video feature, rolls out globally. So Tinder, one of the most popular dating apps out there, now has a video feature. How does that work? It's a loop, a two-second video loop, which I think is almost a GIF. Yeah, it's kind of. I mean, yeah. the, the thing here <laughs> is that um, catfishing, right? Like when you when you see people on Tinder and they post pictures that are not of themselves or you know something that's not up to date, uh, it's much harder to do in video. So this is kind of a really cool feature. I hadn't really thought about this. Yeah. I guess I haven't put enough thought into Tinder lately. (laughs) Well, really, I mean, so what they're saying here is that the average conversation length goes up by about 20%, which I think, I mean, if it takes two seconds to watch, that means the conversation goes from, what, eight seconds to 10 seconds before you go, you know what, I'm out of here. That that could be really So that's all it is. It's a two-second video loop. Yeah, you you can't shoot uh, the, the video through the app. You can upload from your camera roll. Um, but so you, you could do some photo editing and whatnot on the video, um, to make it look as good as it can look. But I think it's kind of a cool way of getting a more realistic and idea. How many, how many can you put up there? Just one? It's a great question. I don't know. We, we should test it, Graham. I well, guess I'm on it. <laughs> but you know, what's interesting is that GIFs have been used for a long time on Tinder to start conversations. I know a few of my friends actually will send a GIF as a conversation starter. Kicking it off with a little animation. I like it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a surprise that Tinder is going this way because now not only can you send a GIF, but you can make it yourself. That's Tinder. Also in the app news, uh, we've uh, seen a lot of these apps uh, coming up, delivery apps for restaurants. I think Skip the Dishes, if you haven't seen their commercials or heard their radio ads, uh, you're living under a rock. They're everywhere. Well, there's another one called DoorDash, and uh, an Ottawa restaurant consultant is concerned about the DoorDash delivery app. And is that because uh, they don't actually make a deal with the restaurant? They're not making deals with the restaurant. And in many cases, they're putting the restaurant up and its menu without the restaurant even knowing. But the rub here is that if DoorDash doesn't really live up to its service promise or there are issues with the delivery or the food doesn't really travel well, guess where all those complaints are going? The restaurant. Yeah. The restaurant. Yeah. So that's that's not great from a business perspective for these restaurants, unfortunately. Well, and there's some restaurants that actively don't want to be involved. You know, they, they, we talked about uh, steakhouses where, you know, your steak is cooked sort of to perfection. It's supposed to come out to your table and you're supposed to be able to begin eating it relatively quickly, but it will continue to cook as it comes to your house. So uh, essentially with the, these guys not necessarily knowing what's going on, um, you know, they're preparing it with one thing in mind and DoorDash is putting it into a into a queue. And by the time it gets to you, yeah, it's either cold or overcooked or whatnot. It's got to be infuriating for these restaurants. And quite frankly, it's a bit cheeky on DoorDash's part, isn't it? Like It's a fast way to get a bunch of restaurants on board. Well, I guess, yeah. You don't have to deal with <laughs> And well, I mean, and the, the, the flip side here is that for the consumer, they're actually adding an upcharge to the price. So the price that you would pay if you were to order from them directly or if you're, you were to order in 
uh, while you're in the restaurant, you're not going to be paying more to DoorDash, which you may not know is an upcharged price because you're just you're seeing it as what should be the standard price. So this does feel kind of sneaky. I, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a good business practice. Well, we'll see how that goes. I mean, there's so much competition out there. You know, we talked about skip the dishes. Uber Eats uh, is becoming more and more popular in certain Foodora. areas. Who? Foodora. Foodora. It's like a hat, but with food. With food. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I don't think all these guys can survive. No, I, I think there is going to be a limited market space for all of them. But I can tell you this much, knowing that this is what DoorDash is doing, I'm a little less likely to use them over, for example, uh, Foodora or Just Eat or Skip the Dishes at this point. Also in the app news here on the App Show, Apple readies itself to defend against Toronto Man's Apple Watch lawsuit. Graham, uh, we're both uh, big. Well, you too, Christina. You have an Apple Watch. Yeah, yeah I'm like a 50, 50% of the time user of the Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, one of the big things, obviously, wearing a watch all the time, it's got to be durable. And one of the claims that Apple has made with uh, you know, their Apple Watch screens is that they're scratch resistant, which I guess is this guy's problem. Yeah, I mean, he's saying that, I guess, at some point, his Apple Watch Series 3, which I would probably imagine he's got the aluminum model because it has the Ion X glass instead of the sapphire glass. If you go with the stainless steel or the ceramic, you get sapphire glass. Um, it's scratch resistant, whereas the, the sapphire tends to be pretty much almost scratch proof. They don't say that. They say scratch resistant. But um, it sounds like it probably got scratched. It was during his exams. Uh, he's very upset about it, experienced mental anguish. And when Apple offered to repair it or to replace it, he turned both of those things down because he wants to see them in court. Um, what can I say here? You know, I, this is sort of Scratch a resistant. funny story because yes. I inherently assume that even though these things say that they're scratch resistant, that I have to practice a little bit of care with them because we are still talking about you know, glass components and aluminum and things that are inherently easy to scratch. Well, and we talked about this back when Bendgate happened, right? Where you had a number of phones, not just the iPhone 6, but a bunch of different phones that people were slamming in their back pocket and then, you know, dropping anywhere between 140 and 200 and some odd pounds on them when they'd sit down on them and they go, well, I can't believe it bent. I can. Uh, for I can heaven's sake. It. I can believe it. <laughs> but no, so to me again, I'm just, I'm using those words, scratch resistant. Yeah. Like I've I've had several Apple Watches now, and uh, I've I've never had a problem. So I, I can tell you this: I've got the stainless steel Series Zero here. Yeah. Right, and I'm wearing it on my wrist right now. Um, the, the actual screen itself is perfect. Right, it's, it's it has no scratches on it. The body is stainless steel, and stainless steel is relatively soft, and it has had scratches on it in the past. But it's stainless steel. You know that that's what you're getting into with the material. Uh, a polishing cloth that you can pick up off Amazon for about five bucks actually takes all of those scratches out. So I'm curious to know, and I, I, we don't have the details on this story, but like what scratched his watch? How deep was it? You know, was it no longer readable? Um, if this kid was going at this thing with sandpaper and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't work anymore, I'd, I'd like to know these details. I really think at this point, though, that this was a desperate cry from attention from a 21 year old who just is not happy that he'd scratched his watch accidentally. Yeah, I think the the whole material thing is also an interesting conversation because I find that people are throwing these things in with like in the same pocket as their keys and then they expect them not to get scratched. And it's like, well, yeah, I've done that. That's just not reality. Well, that, that's <laughs> interesting that. thing. Steve Jobs, when the when the iPhone was first built, it had a plastic screen and he brought it into the office and he said he showed it to the team. He's like, we need glass because it was covered in scratches. And that's one of the reasons why they moved to a glass screen, because he was sick and tired of phones and devices that did end up with scratches. Because, you know, 
we do place these things in a pocket. While they won't end up pristine, uh, they should be fairly scratch resistant, which I think most devices are. I know. You know what? I I put my iPhone 10 in my pocket all the time and my keys, and I actually have a scratch on the screen now. But I know that's because of me. <laughs> Yeah, I've got little micro scratches on mine because I don't have a screen protector on there, but I was actually using a an industrial plastic screen protector before called Ghost Armor. And um, after I got a scratch on my previous iPhone 7, and the cool thing about it was whatever uh, substance they used to make it affixed to the screen filled in the scratch. So you couldn't see it while the screen protector was on. So it was That's kind nice. of a best of both worlds. This is an interesting story here, and I, I, I think this will come as no surprise to most of our listeners. Canadians use less than half the cellular data that Americans do. Shocker, it costs twice as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's interesting here is that when Canadians are on Wi-Fi, they're using about the same amount of data as uh, their U.S. counterparts, which really does, I think, speak to the fact that it's just a lot more expensive here to use your cellular data. Well, what we need to understand, though, is that in the frigid Canadian climate, it is very difficult to get bits to go through the air at the same speed. It costs twice as much. It doesn't at all. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, Rogers, Bell, Telus, Shaw, everybody out there, can we look at you and say, guys, there is a country to the south of us where they are paying less than half of what we are for data. Well, it seems the carriers are not on the same page as us on this. They're actually... Uh, saying that there are a lot of different reasons for the patterns in consumption, including penetration rates for different forms of connectivity and TV supply, regulatory environment, etc. So bull hockey then. Price, price. (laughs) So let's look at the numbers here quickly. Uh, Canadians use about 2.7 gigs or gigabytes on average of monthly mobile data. U.S., uh, more than double at 6.1 gigabytes. Uh, As far as uh, monthly... Average use of Wi-Fi on their mobile devices, that comes in at 8.4 gigabytes for Canadians, 8.3 gigabytes for Americans. So there's no question that it must come down to the price. I'm, I'm saying because we, are, we just don't have the good plans. We are, we are overdue for some serious regulation in this industry. I'm saying well, right been now. saying that for years they're going to fix it, but I'm, they haven't. I'm calling for the government to set a price per gigabyte. There should be a federally mandated upper level of a price per gigabyte. You can't charge any more than that. These companies can make a little bit of profit on it, but right now they are making six, seven, and eight figures on us, and I think it's time that it ends. Free the data, people. Free the data. Well, before we uh, get into our next segments, uh, we're going to get an iPhone tip. iPhone tip of the week. Unleash the power of your iOS device. What do we got, Graham? Our iPhone tip of the week is a pretty good one this week. It is uh, how to disable Face ID in an instant. So we've talked a little bit about how going through the border sometimes uh, can be a bit of a challenge and, you know, people can take your phone off you. Um, If you were to have someone who is going to try to take your phone away from you and try to log in using your face by showing your phone to you, that could be problematic. Well, you can shut Face ID off if you can get your hands on your phone really quickly. All you have to do is tap the power button five times. If you tap your power button five times, it actually takes the phone out of Face ID mode and makes sure that you have to use your passcode to get into it. So that's a great way of securing your device uh, so that it won't use Face ID when you don't want it to. That's a great tip. Yeah. When we come back from the break, we've still got lots more to talk about here on the App Show. Of course, we have uh, our Hot 5 coming up, Hot 5 Ways to Wake Up, and also our streaming, what's streaming on Netflix, Amazon, and Crave. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Identity. 
We uh, all have different types of identification, our passports, birth certificates, driver's licenses. Well, last month at at an identity conference in Toronto, there were announcements about several upcoming government projects to help identify us. Let's find out what's going on with that. On the line, we've got Howard Solomon from IT World Canada. Thanks for joining us, Howard. Sure. Good to be with you, Mike. So let's talk about this conference and, and uh, you know, what what is the government looking to do to help digitally identify us? Well, the federal and provincial governments have been working for some time to solve a problem, which is how to make it easier for residents to access online the large number of government services without repetitive logins and to let people use their smartphones for confirming identity. This will also help people use their smartphones with companies that need uh, confirmation of identity without you having to pull out pieces of paper. So what's, what's the problem? Well, there are two things. First, confirming who you are. And you might think that the federal government knows that. After all, that's who you pay taxes to, and that's who issues your social insurance number. But actually, your identity starts with the province where you're born. The province issues your birth certificate, which is a key piece of identity, unless you're a landed immigrant or a new citizen, and then your ID comes from Ottawa. So any solution has to involve the provinces. And there are also others who know precisely who you are, uh, banks, and of course your cell phone company. So a solution usually involves them. And then the second problem is the technical problem of making sure that the smartphone for identity can't be tampered with. So what's coming? Well, sometime this fall, a free identity service called Verify.me will launch, and it's backed by banks and most phone companies. Um, It will allow you to create a digital identity on your smartphone to identify you to companies that may want certain personal information. For example, a bank needs to confirm your ID for a quick loan um, uh, that that you might want to, to make or they might want to give you online. Or a bar may need to confirm your age. So instead of having to show your driver's license, which has your home address, you log into your digital identity on your smartphone and you show the bouncer only what you need, which is confirmation that you're of drinking age. Um, Or another example, the conference heard of, um, if you're out shopping, you see a sign for a charitable organization. You could use your smartphone to scan the sign, approve a donation, and you automatically get a tax receipt. Now, those behind Verified.me hope the federal and provincial governments will back it as well for accessing government services. So something similar in use right now is called Concierge, and it's used for accessing Canada Revenue files. So you can use your bank account, log in, and access your file for Canada Revenue. Uh, Meanwhile, the federal government is working on a project called Sign In Canada, which will allow residents to sign in for um, more than just Revenue Canada for a whole variety of government services. And then sometimes you'll be able to to do your login uh, with something that you already have. For example, for a low-level service, 
you might be able to use your Facebook login for a very sensitive service that has more of your personal information, for example, accessing Canada Revenue, you'd need something tougher, like a bank login. An, uh, another project that's uh, coming up right now is from New Brunswick. It has a pilot project called My ID to give residents their single login access to all government services, and, and you do it through a smartphone if you want. British Columbia is about to start a test of services or of a service that initially will give a PC or a mobile phone user access to business and corporation documents. And who would need that and why? Well, a business or a government department may want to have quick evidence that a potential partner or supplier is legally incorporated. The goal is to expand this to a wide range of government services. Now, British Columbia has talked about this with Ontario and the federal government, and apparently they're interested in joining this project. Well, this is uh, fascinating information and obviously something that uh, we'll uh, keep on top of and uh, let our listeners know any updates in the future. Howard, I want to thank you for joining us today. Sure. That was Howard Solomon from IT World Canada. Great website to check out uh, all your IT and tech news. When we come back from the break, still lots more apps to talk about, uh, including our app, our Hot 5 app countdown. Stay tuned. You are back with the app show. Mike, Graham, and Christina here. Before we get to our Hot 5 of the week, it's Facebook tip. What do we got, Graham? So this week's Facebook tip of the week is about the inbox that you may not know that you had. And so this one's kind of interesting. A while ago, uh, Facebook used to have an inbox called Other. And it was the place where people who were not uh, part of your, your family group or part of your friends group, if they sent you a message, it would go in there. I just found this. I've had messages from years ago. So this is crazy. My buddy Ged, hello Ged, he's out there in Guelph and he is listening right now. Uh, he actually found his half-sister uh, through Facebook and had sent a message to her, got a message back, but didn't realize that it had gone into his other folder. And so it took them a while to actually kind of connect uh, but that's this is one of these things where Facebook has actually renamed the other folder. It's now called message requests. Now, this actually pops up uh, quite visibly if you're on mobile, but if you're not, if you're on the desktop, it doesn't. So to find this, click on the messages icon, um, and you'll be default in the recent tab. To the right of that, you'll see the message request tab. Tap on that, and you'll see a link that says see filtered requests. That's where you'll see all sorts of messages from strangers on the internet who may or may not be related to you. So that is this week's Facebook Tip of the Week. Well, it's that time. The Weekly App Hot 5. This week, our App Hot 5 is apps that wake you up. Did you like my little intro there? Oh my God, you were so excited about that, weren't you? (laughs) (laughs) I loved Wham. Wake me up before you go, go. (laughs) Yes, these are uh, apps, alarm clocks, all sorts of things that can help you get up in the morning. Starting at number five, what have we got? We have Walk Me Up. This one's free on Android. It forces you to get up and move to turn off your morning alarm. You have to take at least 15 steps to turn it off. And it uses your accelerometer to detect if you're shaking that phone on purpose. So if you think you're going to fool it, it's not going to work. You know what? I'm just going to drop the microphone right now. That's the best (laughs) app I have ever heard of. That's like amazing. It. That's kind of the same as putting your alarm clock on the other side of the room. 
Yes, that's from, right. From your bed. Yeah, but now you don't have to because this app is going to make you move, whether you like it or not. And this is just for Android or iOS as well? Android. There is an iOS version, but it's not from the same app maker. So I'm a little bit suspicious of it. If you want to try it, go for it. But uh, the original is on Android only. Walk me up. Talking about hot five apps to get you out of bed in the morning. Number four. Number four is Freaky Alarm, and this is for iOS. <laughs> uh, it is $2.79. And it is a relentless system of notifications with a large catalog of annoying yet effective alarms. It also uh, can give you an option to solve a puzzle, or you can actually get it so that you have to scan the barcode of a certain product, which would really suck if you ran out of it the night before. Freaky alarm. And that one, this one costs money. $2.79. Number three here on the Hot 5, we're talking about the Hot 5 apps to get you out of bed in the morning. Number three. Number three is Alarmon. So this one is spelled A L A R M. M-O-N, and it's available on Android and iOS for free. This is actually one of the longest running third-party alarm clocks out there, and its method of getting you alert in the morning is to challenge you to a game. I like it. Yeah. But I'm not that alert in the morning, so I don't but think But that's I'd... the point. It's going to make you alert by making you play this game. There are, there are a bunch of mini games uh, on here, as well as some wake-up uh, some wake-up calls. Talking about the Hot 5 apps to get you out of bed in the morning, we're on number two. Number two is Snap Me Up, and this is for Android. Uh, it's free, but you can pay $2 to go ad-free with this. And this app will not stop ringing until you've held it up in front of your face and taken a photo so you get your sort of fresh, <laughs> I woke up like this look. I love um, it. Yeah. This is, this is hilarious. Yeah. So it captures... Uh, a photo of you every morning. Yeah. I mean, I think a really nice addition would be for it to auto post that photo to social media, really kind of motivate you to, to feel spry and awake first thing in the morning. And not one single woman will ever <laughs> download this app. What's I is that sexist? I don't care. Like, well, that's... what's interesting about this one is that this photo has to be reasonably well lit to the point where you're recognizable. So if you think you're going to do this in the dark in your room with the blackout curtains drawn it's not going to work for you snap me up i think it's brilliant i like it snap me up and the number one app for Al getting you out of bed in the morning alarmy yes isn't oh. that a clever name i like it <laughs> easy, easy to remember right android and ios it's free or a dollar 39 if you don't like the ads uh this one actually is made for those people who are really good at hitting the snooze button and then falling right back asleep because it actually requires you to complete a certain task to turn off the alarm a little bit like walk me up but you can choose the task from shaking your phone to solving a math problem and if you really need something that's next level to get you out of bed it asks you to take a picture that matches something you've already designated love it that was the hot five countdown for Hot five apps to get you out of bed in the morning. Graham, we're going to hit uh, the hot game app of the week. What do we got? So the hot game app of the week is called Best Rally. And they say, what game is the bestest? It's Best Rally. What game has the best everything? Best Rally. Their marketing is fantastic. It's really, really quite good. This is available for iOS and for Android. Uh, it is free. There is a 
$2.99 in-app purchase to remove ads. And you can also add a bunch of vehicles for some in-app purchases as well. If you've ever played the old uh, games on the Nintendo or Super Nintendo system of RC Pro-Am, basically this is almost sort of a a three-quarter overhead view uh, where you're racing through 30 beautiful handcrafted tracks trying to get the uh, the best score and it's very simple to control it's sort of two fingers to accelerate and to brake and you're going to zip around a track and have a ton of fun so that is best rally best rally best rally when we come back from the break it's streaming time we're going to tell you what hot shows and movies are on netflix amazon prime video and crave tv you're listening to the app show here on the chorus radio network back after this you are back with the app show mike graham and christina here Still got a few tips and tricks for you before we get there. Let's find uh, out about the latest movies and TV shows. Streaming this week. This is a part of the program where we talk about some of the uh, the hot shows and movies that are out on the streaming services. We'll uh, start off with uh, our good friends over at uh, Netflix. The first one we're going to have a look at today is Lock Up. Whatever road you choose. You choose the yellow brick road, that's fine. Choose that black road, then you better get a flashlight, a big one, with some big, some big batteries, because it's gonna be a long road. It's kind of an interesting uh, series. Uh, it's called Lock Up Extended Stay Collection One. It's a documentary series that offers a glimpse into the day-to-day lives of inmates and officers in detention centers all across uh, America. So if that world fascinates you, definitely uh, a great uh, series. Up next, we have all the Queen's horses. Fifty-three-plus million dollars is just unbelievable. She lived quite a life, totally different life than what she portrayed here. By day, she's wearing municipal clothes, and by night, she's dripping with jewels and furs. So this is uh, an interesting uh, documentary, once again, on uh, Netflix, uh, called All the Queen's Horses. Uh, while nearby, nearby towns prospered, tiny Dixon, Illinois, was in constant financial crisis, a condition that persisted until a clerk found that the city comptroller had siphoned off more than $50 million over two decades, uh, which they go through everything. Isn't that amazing? $50 million. It kind of blows your mind a little bit when you take a look at some of the embezzlement things that do happen. And it's like, how did this go on for so long? It's because they have no checks and balances in place, mm. obviously. Mm. I guess that's easy for me to say, but $50 million. Like this woman must have been living the, living the life. I think her name was Rita Crandwell, and uh, eventually they, uh, they did catch up with her. They always do, don't they? They do, yeah. Or so we like to think. Crime doesn't pay. Well, <laughs> sometimes it does $50 million yeah. for a few decades. Yeah, you're living the dream. Uh, this is uh, also on Netflix, uh, one of my favorite series, Suits. Season 7. What do you say? We go out and have some fun and kick some ass? All right, come on, let's kick some ass. Why don't we go out and celebrate? We're all in the same boat now. I'm taking full control as managing partner. Are you serious? From now on, it's are you serious, ma'am. Have you got that, pretty boy? Well, uh, I think this was the last season uh, of uh, our new uh, newest royal. Hmm. Well, yeah, she's got another job now, and that's to be professionally royal. What's her name again? Um, Meghan Markle. M- Meghan Markle. I can never remember the name, but she uh, was one of the uh, the main characters in Suits. Uh, actually filmed here in Canada, in Toronto, and uh, I, I love this series, but uh, again, uh, I believe this was her, her last season. Have you seen this season yet? No. Okay. Is it good? I, I haven't seen it either. I'd just be interested to know how they phase her out of there. 
I think she gets married. (laughs) (laughs) Next up on Netflix, we're talking about what's streaming uh, this week here on the App Show, How It Ends. We have unconfirmed reports of a large seismic event off the California coast with reports of power outages across the United States. If uh, you're into post-apocalyptic thrillers, uh, this is definitely one uh, you'll want to check out. As a mysterious apocalypse causes the spread of misinformation and violence, a man and his estranged father-in-law race across a chaotic and fractured country to save his pregnant wife. I love these kinds of movies. Well, you know, anytime you've got something that's going to be a little post-apocalyptic, I'm pretty happy. I love it. Uh, Also... Coming up on uh, Netflix, God, Netflix has a million (laughs) shows and movies coming out. Uh, This is called The Last Rampage. Yeah, Cooper, do what now? What is it? What happened? Gary Tyson just busted out of prison. Nobody got hurt. We're 100 miles gone. Dad's out. What are you going to do? I'm going to bust him back in going to bust them back in. This is uh, a movie about two inmates who escape from an Arizona prison and leave a bloody trail in their wake as they head for Mexico in this true crime thriller tr- based on a true story. Would be handy if Mexico had maybe built a wall to keep them out. <laughs> it works both ways. Right. Right. Uh, that was Netflix uh, coming up uh, on, uh, I believe this is uh, Crave TV, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Let me just check that out here. Crave TV, that's right. Uh, we have one of Christina's favorite shows. We're back, bitches! That's right, Jersey Shore Family Vacation. Are we allowed to say that on the radio? What, Jersey Shore? I never let loose. Yes, that. Okay, so I watched the trailer for this. It is interesting. Jersey Shore Family Vacation. I'd like to go on the record and say this is not, in fact, my favorite show. You sure? I'm I'm 100% positive. Well, we'll have to check in on that. Also on Crave TV this week, we've got Ballers Season 1 and 2. Right now, my dreams are all about deals and dollars. I'm your financial manager, and I will put your money to work. Before the window of opportunity. Dwayne The Rock Johnson stars uh, in this uh, Showtime series. Was it Showtime or HBO? One of, one of the two. It's on Crave TV uh, this week, season one and two. And actually, it was uh, a lot of fun. It's uh, about uh, Dwayne, The Rock Johnson. Uh, he plays a financial advisor. He's an ex-football player helping out uh, NFL players uh, manage their money in Miami. As you can imagine, hilarity in, uh, ensues. <laughs> uh, also uh, on Crave TV, this is kind of a, a fun little uh, series. Brought to you by uh, Stephen Colbert. A time of civil and political unrest. One man works tirelessly to defend the American dream. Fake news. Fake news. Fake weather. This February, meet our cartoon president. And then Ohio came in and I was like, wow. And then they called Wisconsin and I was... Hillary called me to concede and it was official. I had won the presidency. Do you want to hear it again? Again, the the show is called Our Cartoon President, uh, brought to you by Stephen Colbert, uh, a cartoon series about uh, the Donald Trump presidency. It's it's actually a lot of fun. I, I've seen a couple of episodes, and it's it's fun, and it's funny, and it makes me want to drink more. Sadly, yes. 
Uh, and then on Amazon Prime Video, uh, this was a series that was out uh, a few years ago. You can catch it now uh, on Amazon Prime Video. The the Borgias. Cardinal Borgia has the required majority. Cardinal Borgia has bought the required majority. Well, where the plots against you? Oh, Rome B, another good old plot. Does Pope have seven years? It's our father, perhaps not, but it's Pope. Uh, this is a series that starred Jeremy Irons, uh, all about uh, the Pope back in the day. I, I was way men- back. I was way mentioning back. this earlier. Uh, the, the Borgias, their era is probably one of my favorites, uh, mostly because it's just filled with intrigue. Uh, but also, if you've ever played the video game in Assassin's Creed 2, you end up fighting this Pope at the end. Uh, uh, this is Pope Alexander VI. That's right. Uh, as he's trying to control all the power in Italy with the help of several sons through murder, intrigue, war, and marriage alliances. It's pretty awesome. It is pretty cool. That was what's streaming this week. Uh, Graham, let's find out uh, what our creative app is uh, this week here. And this is brought to you by our good friends at Vancouver Film School. What do we got? So our creative app of the week uh, this week is called Automaton. And it's an artificial intelligence artist. Uh, basically uses your photography and your videos to create AI paintings. So it analyzes the photo and applies some sketches and some paint, some, uh, some oil textures. And you can actually then manipulate the AI and have it create new things for you. So it's a, it's a very cool little piece of software that basically is using uh, some, some smart stuff going on in the background and your creativity to create something new every time you use it. Called again? It's called Automaton, and it is free with in-app purchases on iOS. Automaton, that uh, was our creative app of the week, brought to you by Vancouver Film School. When we come back from the break, still more apps to talk about. We've got our fitness and travel apps of the week. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. Time for a few more apps. Before we get to our travel app of the week, Graham, fitness. What fitness app do you have? Our fitness app of the week is available for both iOS and Android, and it's an app called CycleCast. Now, this is a free app, but it does have in-app purchases with a premium membership. Uh, it goes for about uh, 11 bucks a month for the monthly, uh, about $100 a month for the annual, $100, pardon me, for the annual, and there is a seven-day free trial to try it. So CycleCast, uh, basically featured by a bunch of great different magazines, gives you 500 spin workouts. So, Christina, I think this would appeal to you. Uh, mixed I'm with, listening. <laughs> it's mixed with great music and uh, motivation from professional indoor cycling instructors. So all you have to do is select how much time you have, press play, and it'll take you on that workout. You pay, basically pick your instructor, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, or 60 minutes, and you are ready to go. Uh, so basically, if you've got a, a stationary bike or if you've got a spin bike, uh, you can essentially set your playlist and uh, get ready to burn some serious calories. Cyclecast? Yeah. Love it. Christina, you have a travel app for us. I do. It's called Hostel World, not to be confused with hostile. Uh, Hostels uh, for when you're traveling, uh, places to stay. Uh, It's available on iOS and Android for free. This is a hostel aggregator. And since there are a lot of them out there, it often comes down to what's popular in the destination where you're traveling to. So this one is widely used all over the world, which makes it a great one to go to if you're new to hostel aggregators. It also doesn't require a deposit to book and it includes some hotels and bed and breakfasts as well. That's kind of cool. I know my son was uh, uh, a big user of hostels when he was down in New Zealand for the past couple of months. This sounds like a, a perfect app him. Yeah, that's right. And like I said, there are a lot of these out there, uh, but this one is a great one to start with if you don't have too much experience in this department. And again, it's called? Hostel World. 
That's all the time we have left. I want to thank Christina and Graham for putting the show together. This is Mike, Graham, and Christina signing off. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.